all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar University <laughs> Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week, Zach? Some may say that life is a song, but sometimes unexpected things happen, and we're left with an interrupted melody. Indeed. This is everybody's first time watching Interrupted Melody. Yes. Yes, I'd never actually heard of it before. Uh, yes, and I echo that statement. <laughs> Os- Oscar firsties. Hooray. Hooray. Huzzah. So, let's talk about an Oscar breakdown. Break it down! Best story and screenplay still, Interrupted Melody. This gives William Ludwig and Sonia Levin an Academy Awards. And uh, it beats out the court martial of Billy Mitchell from Fistful of Quarters. Anybody? <laughs> Bueller? Uh, you lost me there. I, I should have got. Yeah. yeah. Nobody seen King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters? Oh, no. I I know what you're talking about, but I have not seen it. Oh, that documentary is <laughs> so good. Anyway, yeah. the, the uh, for lack of a better term, villain of the piece is a man named Billy Mitchell. Okay. Uh, but uh, that film, that's not about Billy Mitchell from King of Kong, <laughs> Fistful of Quarters. Hmm. Uh, it was written by Milton Sperling and Emmett LeBerry. Uh, also in the category, It's Always Fair Weather, written by Betty Comden and Adolph Green. Mr. Hugh Lott's Holiday, written by Jacques Dotti and Henri Marquet. And The Seven Little Foys, written by Melville Shavelson and Jack Rose. Ah, that's the prequel to The Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Yes, you are correct. (laughs) Uh, Other nominations. Best Actress gives Eleanor Parker an Academy Award nomination for playing Marjorie Lawrence. She loses to Anna Magnani for The Rose Tattoo. And I believe the only other one that this gets nominated for is Best Costume Design Color, giving Helen Rose an Academy Award nomination. It loses to Love is a Mini Splendor Thing, giving Charles Lemaire an Academy Award. I remember that uh, questionable movie. Yes, that was a questionable movie. Indeed. (laughs) But that's it. One for three. 33.3%er. (laughs) Yeah. That's our Oscar breakdown. Yeah. Well, thank you. All right. Well, let's talk about this movie. Let's talk about this movie. This movie. So so we had a conversation today uh, because in order to watch this film, it was a pain in the ass. (laughs) Um, So we kind of had to share a copy, which is really fun having to throw a DVD from Iowa to Virginia. But I've gotten that good at disc golf. Yes. Good. Good. Yeah, I heard the little chains rattling outside my door, and I right. went and picked it up, and then knocked the chains over. That's yes. right. Just um, being spiteful. <laughs> so I was able to watch about half of it before I got kicked off. Got about fifty-three minutes left, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna catch the cliff notes of this at this point because I have just no fucking interest in watching the rest of this fucking boring ass movie. Mm-hmm. I don't like opera. I've always hated opera. I, I, I can appreciate it, the art form, but man, they get you in the second fucking half, don't they? 
almost had us there in the first half. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. movie went from like, like it was like almost right at the exact moment I had to stop, and then when I picked it right back up, it was like, oh shit. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that happens. Yeah, indeed it does. Did you know anything about this going into it? <laughs> Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Not a goddamn. So is this based on a true story? Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. So now, like, because I cried. I cried at the end like a fucking baby, dude. Mm. And again, I hate opera, but that shit was fucking gorgeous. I'm sure uh, it was over-exaggerated in some way from what I yeah, got to drop. You got to dramatize. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so uh, in the end, it's a damn good movie. Zach, what are your impressions? Yeah, I um. So I'll say I don't think this is going to be like a movie that I will revisit a whole bunch because there's there's other films of this ilk. Uh, but I think it was very well made. I, I do kind of I like opera. I'm not like super into it, but I this is the kind of movie that I could enjoyably listen to and look up at a little bit while I was maybe doing a little something, not something else, not that I uh, encourage unfocused watching of films, but you know, you're listening to songs, you see some nice scenery um, and then look up when no more dialogue and story driven parts of the movie are happening. So it was pleasant for me. And and obviously what happens in the second half is that um, Marjorie uh, contracts contracts polio and it alters the, her career path and her life. And, um, and I, I think, you know, we go from a lot of opera, like you said, opera, operatic scenes and building up who she is as a star and, you know, the developing relationship and early parts of her marriage. Um, and I found the relationship between uh, Marjorie and Thomas to be pretty believable and, and sincere. I So I really, I, I vibed with that and it made it all the more emotional. I th- thought they had a lot of good scenes towards uh, the latter parts of the film and, you know, go more into detail with that. But I, I ended up really liking this film. So see what Mr. Workman thinks. Um, the first half of this film was so fucking good. I love opera and Mm. watching the stagings of those opera scenes was the most engaged. I was watching this entire film. Okay. I loved it. And I will tell you that, when they rolled out the box that said Gotterdammerung, I gasped. Because <laughs> that's a wild-ass fucking opera. And, well, I mean, anything Wagner, anything Wagner is probably going to be wild. Fucking ring cycles out of control. But, um, yeah, that... I, I, I wasn't sure where we were going with that. It's like, oh my god, it's a great opera. Uh, the more time that I had to spend with Tom, the less I was engaged with the movie because I fucking hate that guy. Oh, and she deserved better. I did not enjoy most of the second half until a couple of moments, like late, late in the film, uh, when she when she goes and sings at like the uh, the field hospital or the probably not field hospital, the 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 military yeah. hospital. Yeah, that. That got me a little emotionally because here she is trying to give hope and joy to men who are killing Nazis. So, you know, right. Good for her. About that life. Yeah. About that. All about that. And then, um, 
And then, and then the final opera really, really elated me. Like, yeah. When she yeah. stood, I, I couldn't believe how emotional I got. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, for, for the most, Oh, go on. What? I, I was just, uh, well, I'll let, let you finish your thought, but then I'll yeah. uh, go to my thoughts about Thomas. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, but yeah, um, I thought this was a pretty okay. Fair enough. And I'm, and I'm actually like upset that it didn't get put in the, uh, the art and set direction. Mm. Because yeah, those fucking opera sets were all incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, Zach, I think so, me and you wanted to jump on the exact same topic here about uh, the whole. Uh, I'm assuming husband wife dynamic during the times, mm. and how he very much wanted that you know stay at home wife, and she she kind of got I don't want to say suckered into it, but but at the same time, I feel like the movie commented on that where it, it it pushed it more in the, you know, hooray, she's going to do that for him. But the second, you know, she was like, hey, why don't you come with me? That kind of made her the bad guy a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I felt like this kind of addressed some of the issues that we saw, like in Woman of the Year, in a more thoughtful way. Because, you know, this man is a doctor who is he's focused on his career she's focused on her career he's upfront and honest and said look i'm i want to focus on my career and i don't want to get in the way of yours i'm not going to be able to marry you because you know he, he's not up front though he's he's he, not up front okay because he meets her when she is already on stage and he's like i'm going to celebrate you because you're such an amazing performer oh my god so he like whips her up in this like n- n- nice little romance for a night, and then yeah. he leaves her. And then when he when he goes and seeks her out again, because when she sees his face for the first time, she doesn't recognize him at first. Mm-hmm. So he goes and seeks her out, and then starts a relationship with her, even though she's already in a relationship. Uh, he seeks a relationship without out with her, and strings her along for a month, and then fucking drops that on her. Fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know so much about this the string along because he's like, you know, I know you're going to get married. And she's like, no, I don't want that guy. So she just as much pursues him as he pursued her. I mean, other oh, than I'm not him. saying there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying because because he shows up and then she goes back after him and right. invites her him over and he's at that party and everything. So, yeah, there's a there's a double pursuit there. But yeah. his intentions, his intentions, the night that he comes in is like, hey, look. Uh, I'm really busy as a doctor and this is nice, but if you're going to be on stage, like that's a no go for me. So this relationship can't happen. No, they go for like a whole fucking month. Yeah. And then he says that to her after ghosting her. Fuck Mm. that guy. I don't like him. (laughs) I can understand that. And then he's just a piece of shit to her, like through most of the movie. Hmm. I felt differently, but I I respect your your thoughts. I, I thought I could feel sincere, like love and concern for her. I mean, well, I, I I'm kind of with Paul in the piece of shit after they're married kind of thing. Cause he's kind of manipulatively mopey. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm not just going to outright say what my problem is, but I'm just going to kind of be a mopey little bitch about everything. Cause I'm not getting what I want. Yeah. I'm going to make her feel bad to the point where she wants to give up the things she wants to give up, uh, the things that I want her to give up and not 
not pursue her career the way that she wants to. Yeah, I I can again. I don't. I I see that, but I ultimately but, like he says, you know, go do your tour in South America, and you know, he he never stands in her way. He is a little mopey, and you know, focused on you know being a doctor and all that. Um, but I think you know, I I just kept kind of comparing it to Woman of the Year, where we have a character who's who has no give, and and I I like that we have somebody who at least winds it back a little bit for this time period. I don't know. I I think I don't feel like he's supportive. I feel like he's more like fine. If you need to get this out of your system, go do it. He's, he said, I'm, I, you can't lose the Met. And like, he understands how important the Metropolitan, um, performances were for her. And, and, and then when he's, she's the breadwinner, (laughs) Well, he didn't want her to be. So there's some of that, you know, that stuff too. Exactly. He, yeah. But when he sees her on stage in the final, and you, the just the way he's looking at her, and she's looking at him, and the things they got through together, even though his methods may not have always been the best, like making her crawl to that record player was kind of fucked. Awful. But, yeah. <laughs> Trying to drown her in the sea too. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I, Fair enough. <laughs> I, 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 I think maybe not so much the drowning in the sea part, but. Bitch, keep your head up. Like, come on. You just, like, you felt the wave. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> okay, I was being a little facetious on that Maybe one. Everything else, I stand behind that. Yeah. Maybe a yeah. little <laughs> little hyperbole. But, yes, I will yeah. say the, the the record player was a bit much. Like, I see what you're doing, guy. But he, he was pained while he was doing it. He's just like, I don't want to do this, but maybe I have to. Anyway, I won't stick up for him anymore. I just, I felt their <laughs> relationship was sincere. And so that okay. that, that held me. And made me feel emotional through the um, latter parts. Uh, but, you know, Eleanor Parker was great. I mean, I know she's not singing, but she's physically acting out the singing and is pretty on point with the lip syncing. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she, <laughs> she, when, when she is acting, she is doing wonderfully. When she's doing the, the lip syncing vocalization, it's a little much. But mm-hmm. other than that, no, I think this performance is, is great. Yeah, uh, I she's she's bringing it on all levels, and I I think she's she's much deserving of that nomination. Yeah, I haven't seen the rose tattoo, so I can't say whether or not I think she should have won or not. But I think she deserved she at least deserved to be in the category. Yeah, I was looking a little bit about um the life of Marjorie Lawrence. She afflicted with bipolio from 1941. She lived till 1979. So, okay. um, yeah, and she she taught at the uh, university the Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, Illinois. Oh, that's uh, mm-hmm. pretty close to Metropolis. <laughs> well, I yeah, guess, uh, I mean, my, my thing is now knowing that this is a biopic, I mean, you can definitely, it's pretty clear. It is. <coughs> but, um, that being said, when it comes to biopics, this did not feel over super embellished as much as some, like this is not Yankee doodle dandy, you know? This right. Is, I felt like everything that's happening here. Yeah. A little dramatized, but I thought fairly well done for a biopic. Um, yeah. Again, we come back to the fact that like, I just feel like when you get original screenplay, I think mm. a, a story that came out of somebody's head, you know, something fresh, something new. And the, I feel like biopics wouldn't be here. Personally. Yeah. And this one is, specifically based on the book by Marjorie Lawrence. 
that she wrote. So it, it definitely feels like this shouldn't be here, but of course this is, we're talking the category original screenplay, but this is story and screenplay. Yeah. So I I guess the rules got kind of lax around these last couple of years, but yeah, no, I, I a hundred percent agree this shouldn't, this shouldn't be part of the legacy that goes back to being original screenplay. Mm. Uh, so I will also say this movie gets kind of like half of a, half of a point taken away from it for getting the song prima Donna from Phantom of the Opera stuck in my head all goddamn day. <laughs> Picking my kid up out of the car, singing the song. My wife's like, why the fuck are you singing Phantom? It's like, cause I won't get out of my goddamn head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I uh, hmm. I mostly had Musetta's Waltz stuck in my head. Sure, the first opera she's in is Musetta. When there, when Tom's putting her in the taxi cab, you can mm-hmm. hear like you can hear part of Musetta's Waltz in the score. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> then it turns out he's a piece of shit and didn't deserve that. So <laughs> nice. So, yeah, so I guess when it comes to the actual script, screenplay, it felt very tight. felt good. I mean. Yeah. It it moves really well. It does. Because it, I, I feel like it kind of falls into the highlight reel section of biopics for a little bit where they're like. Right. She's, fam- she's famous for these couple of things. So we got to show those couple of things. Mm-hmm. She, was, she was the first actress on stage to like full gallop into the immolation scene and go to Damarung and like, so we got to show that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's another thing is where, I mean, it, it, time definitely felt like it was throughout the years. It wasn't, you know, like we said, I talked about the great McGinty where you're just like, where the fuck are we timeline wise? (laughs) (laughs) No, this, this definitely, and it flowed very well. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, I'm really, I'm really happy that we have a, uh, three different, uh, feelings on opera. At least here, God, yeah, the whole the whole scale. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck you, opera's the greatest." But yeah, yeah, the greatest. Just, but it's up there. I just I personally, I've just never been a fan. It sounds grating. That's hmm. a then weird opinion. And, and, and then I just I need I need subtitles to watch a fucking movie. So to go into a theater for where all they do is sing Italian, just. It's about the feelings. Yeah, Don't, no, doesn't matter this. what they're saying. I, I want to know all what vibes. the fuck they're saying. Like, no, like, no, no. I got to hear of, the lyrics. A, a lot of places like a lot of places like the Met have like translations that you can read sure. while it goes on. That'd so, be cool. I think I'd like to see that. But um, so uh, I was just looking at the screenwriters. William Ludwig uh, was also he was an MGM guy. He uh, wrote the screenplay for Oklahoma. So. Oh, oh man, he's got two, two two in the year here and wins an Academy Award for one. Yeah, didn't really have much else in his uh, notes here, but yeah. All right. All right. Well, gents, uh, any additional notes on Interrupted Melody? Uh, did anybody I see who? Oh, what? Oh, I was going to say also uh, Sonia Levin, uh, with the other writer, she was a Russian born American screenwriter, one of the highest earning female screenwriters in the 30s. Um, she was nominated for State Fair. State Fair. That is a great State Fair. <laughs> well, she's got lots of long filmography, so that's cool. Good, good. Uh, also worked on Oklahoma. Anybody see who was playing Cyril? Uh, yes, sir. Archery's oh, yeah. brother. Yep. Roger Moore. Roger Moore. 
this is the second one in a couple of weeks where we've had a James Bond alum just hanging out in a movie before he's in the James Bond franchise. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. It was. Grew that yeah. little mustache and became a little evil for a little while. Not mm-hmm. to tell you. <laughs> Too managerial. But yeah, he was cool. It was cool seeing him. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought he put in a great performance too. Yeah. Definitely. You, you could hear his uh, British accent coming out a little bit from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, uh, Marjorie Lawrence, Australian. Yeah, that was something I kind of wanted to bring up. Because <laughs> <laughs> was anybody in that fucking family Australian? No. <laughs> because the second they said, go back to the farm in Australia, I was like, wait, what? Is there like yeah. an Australia, Missouri that I don't know about? Her, 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 her brother was British. <laughs> and she was American, and her father, uh, who is named Bill Lawrence, creator of Scrubs, uh, is from <laughs> South Africa. Wow. Yeah. No. Nobody. <laughs> well, we we all know everybody goes to Australia eventually. Maybe. All roads lead to Australia. No Ooh, roads. All right. Yeah. We got an Australian friend who should be very happy to hear that. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking of her while watching this. I was thinking of her and wondering how uh, how much she would hate seeing her, <laughs> one of her famous <laughs> country women <laughs> being played by an American with an American accent. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Paul, I kind of got a feeling where this is going to go, but uh, was this movie in the Library of Congress? That's my question to you. And what year do you think it got in? Uh, that's right. It well, it, 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 seeing how hard it was to find this fucking movie, <laughs> um, I would hope somebody's archiving it, but my assumption is no. Yeah, I, I'd say no also. With the... You'd both be very correct. Yeah. Uh, highlights of films that did and from 55 include Blackboard Jungle and Otto Priminger's The Man with the Golden Arm. Oh, yeah. And, of course, our best picture winner this year, Marty. And Oklahoma. Yay. And I'll, I'll finish it out with um, with Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. All right. Well, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, never mind. I'm going to finish it out with one froggy evening. The Michigan J-Frog short. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm sure amused me last time. All right. Well, let's get into our worsty judgment. And Zach. Hello. Did this movie deserve best original screenplay? Uh, So this is the only one I've seen from this uh, category. But I don't think so. I, beyond the points of it's largely based on an existing work and a real life um, kind of, it, it's rude to say it writes itself because it doesn't. Somebody has to write the the opera. Um, well, the the stages, the sequences were staged by two other people. But um, I, I just don't think it's quite up to snuff with some of the other things that are out there. I, I'm going to have to say no. All right. Uh, I'm in complete agreement with you. If you weren't going to say it, I was. I think the biopics alone should not be in best original screenplay. 
I feel like original thought needs to come from it, though, you know, specific dialogue and like you said, set pieces, but half this, not, not half, but I'd say a large portion of this film is the operas, which they themselves are right. already written. So, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, and then it sucks again, not having seen any of the other films, but <clears throat> no, I agree. I just don't think it deserves best original screenplay. I think if it was up for like best screenplay, it's possible, probably not going to beat Marty, but you know, Paul, uh, absolutely not. Uh, I don't think this is while while it moves along and it hits some good beats. I don't think the writing is up snuff. I don't think the characters are <coughs> overall very interesting. Um, I mean, aside from Marjorie just kind of having to overcome polio, like she's not a very interesting character. Yeah. Um, though I. She had some difficulties uh, that she overcame by good, being a good singer. And that's about it as far as yeah. character I development. Think, I think Parker acts the hell out of her. So yeah, that's yeah. what makes her more interesting. But she's she yeah, apparently a good singer. Apparently they wanted to use uh, Marjorie Lawrence's actual voice in this. But by mm-hmm. the time that they had gotten around to filming it in the, fi- in the 1950s, 1954 uh she had kind of lost her higher register so she wasn't mm. able to hit a lot of the notes that that she was able to hit so uh, that could have been interesting but yeah i i, I don't know I, I feel like they could have fleshed her out a little probably a lot more yeah sure because uh, i like the way she was introduced and i like how she just kind of gets swept up at the things but like she's just kind of a prima donna and then she gets polio and then she doesn't want to sing anymore. It's like, okay, yeah. that's that, that could be interesting. I just don't think they found it because you have too many like greatest moments to hit along mm-hmm. the way yeah. and give too much screen time to Tom. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, I haven't seen anything else in the category either, but rebel without a cause comes out oh, this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And rebel without a cause uh, in the credits is not based on a previous work. There's a story by Nicholas Ray and uh, two screenplay credits. One says adaptation, but I guess he ad- adapted it from Ray's story because, you know, again, there's not a, a yeah. novella or a that magazine article. Sounds sort of like what they had with Roman Holiday. I don't know. Yeah. So I. I honestly think that should be in the mm. original screenplay category. Definitely. And sure. it should have won because that film fucking rules. Mm-hmm. Sure. And Sal Minio is the best. Mm. Um, yeah. So, no. All right. Well, Zach, <coughs> is this the... <coughs> oh, sorry. <coughs> I muted off. Wrong. Sorry. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Right, sir. Well, uh, is this the worst original screenplay? Uh, no, I um, I still rated it pretty decently with the three and a half stars, but I have it at my number eleven, um, under Titanic and just above the seventh veil. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I put mine basically in the middle because I could see myself watching this again. I don't think I'd hit it. Like I said, the first half really, it really did nothing for me, but. God damn that ending! That was powerful shit. So, but I put this at my number eight, uh, just above Titanic, but definitely under an American in Paris. And Mr. Workman, 
Um, how many have we covered so far? Uh, 15. Is that right? This is my number 14. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, if it wasn't for those couple of scenes near the end, it would still be number 14, but I would have given it probably two or two and a half stars rather than three. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I was maybe generous on that three, but I'm going to leave it alone for now. I'll, I'll stew on it. Sure. So if for any reason you stumble onto my letterbox and you see this is at two and a half stars, I decided that I needed to be petty as fuck. Um, <laughs> randomly <laughs> one day, just had a shitty fucking day at work, comes home, and he's like, you know what? Fuck that movie. It's getting too Ooh, it two and a half. It's losing that half stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have it at 14. I have it just under Woman of the Year, which was at least amusing for about two-thirds of the film. Sure. Um, this was maybe amusing for about a third of the film. Okay. And then and then Tom. He he really ruined this fucking movie for me. I didn't oh, know. Fuck that like, like like Leanne came in uh when I because I had to stop the movie for we went mm. ate dinner and ended up finding a random dog outside her house. <laughs> and and Leanne decided she was dog. gonna take take that dog to find its owner. She found this owner. Take that dog. Yep. Dog, dog's back with its people. Oh, good. Um, and then the kids went to bed, and I was like, "Okay, I got like thirty minutes left on this film. I'm gonna watch the end of it." And so, as I'm about to start it, I tell Ian, "This is this is the plot of the film." And then I started, and Tom starts doing something, and I paused, and I was like, "This Tom, Tom sucks." <laughs> and then I restarted the movie, and it oh, it, so I stopped it like right before the beach scene. And he's like picking up his wife. He's like, "You're getting in the motherfucking water, bitch, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna drown you." And she's like, "Don't drown me, Tom." And he's like, "I'm gonna fucking drown you." And then I was like, "That's Tom. Tom sucks." Mm. And then she almost drowns, and she was like, "Wow, Tom does suck." <laughs> mm. I'm a terrible person. I'm sorry. No, everybody. no, you just we're Tom. High standards, and don't apologize for that. Look, I don't meet my high standards, so everybody know that it's all double standards. Uh, <laughs> but uh, at least you won't just, drown your wife. Yeah, at least, and at least I know when I'm being a shitty husband. Like <laughs> these move, some of these movies: Interrupted Melody, Woman of the Year, Seventh Fail. Well, no, I guess he's not her husband in Seventh Fail. Yeah, uh, but nonetheless, like these these are films that are like these guys are pieces of shit. Isn't that great? I suppose. Feel good that you made your wife drag her her body, her polio-stricken body across the floor so she didn't have to listen to music that she asked <laughs> you to turn off? Fuck you, man. Last thing I'll stick up for is the fact that he moved down to Florida so she'd have better, in uh, you know, what's the word, climate for her body and gave up his doctor career. That was a small, noble thing. But otherwise. <laughs> yeah. That that that's one I don't I don't have a you know he, he felt more like he was just trying to get his meal ticket back but that's just me he was like this doctor thing's not working out the way I thought it would I need my <laughs> meal ticket back <laughs> he didn't want the meal ticket he didn't want it but then he realized he needed it because mm. he grew accustomed to that life well you really fucking Perhaps. hate Tom man Jesus I really Christ. fucking hate Tom I just don't <laughs> like him <laughs> Clark Kent's stepdad apparently. <laughs> 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 All right. 
Well, we are going to call it here. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, Twitch, the TikToks, and on Letterboxd at Altorn underscore Occam. I finally finished Sopranos again. Nice. Like the time. God, I fucking yeah. love that show. That's a great show. That's a great show. They were now talking I about things next. They were talking about Steve Bashimi on um, Blank Check and brought up his amazing directorial work on The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's really funny. Like his, uh, I remember seeing one of the episodes that he uh, he directed was like the next episode after they killed off his fucking character. <laughs> but you know, I, it's one of those things where you see him in that show and you go, "Why do people keep calling Steve Buscemi ugly? He's a good-looking guy. Like that guy cleans the fuck up. Like he's a he's a real good-looking guy. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah, he's got you know weird eyeballs, but not like." You know, Forrest Whitaker eyeball or nothing. But. Yeah, no, he's one of those guys. If you if you want to make him look unattractive, you amplify certain things, but you yeah. can also make him super handsome. Yeah, put him in a fucking was. nice Italian suit, and he's good to go. Yeah, or long hair with a little goatee. Yeah, I, there you go. I, I I honestly think he's hot as shit all through Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> yeah. I need to watch that. Might be my next go-to. You should. Ooh. You should make that your next one. That show's incredible. Mm-hmm. That that might be what I end up doing. We'll see. But all right. Well, where can we find you, Zach? Find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X A K K M A S T E R, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterbox by searching my name and Mister Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Father of Fear across the platforms of uh. Things. God damn, I'm so bad at this. Why do I do a podcast? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we're great you are, you are an excellent <laughs> podcast, just not the uh, scripted stuff. Uh, Letterbox. That's that's what I'm pushing. Maybe yeah. Instagram. I don't know. We'll find out if it's still there. Um, Letterbox. I I do all the the movie things. I didn't see any movies this week because I just didn't. I just didn't watch any movies other than this one this week. And I was hoping to have gone and seen a movie yesterday, but I ended up going to watch football at my parents' house. Um, and uh, I, I was kind of hoping for it because maybe the strike's over when this episode comes out. I mean, they're Sound weeks away. Like... I know they're not picketing anymore, or at least they're not picketing. Tom- Tomorrow is supposed to be the vote on whether or not to ratify. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. Uh, the deal with the producers. Yeah. Well, then there's the um, so, SAG after stuff, though. So we still have SAG out, but I, I feel like if if the writer strike is going to fall in line, that SAG's probably like right after. Yeah, it, they say it, about three, four weeks is what they're saying. Yeah, because you know there's got to be they they got to wrap this one up first because this is the one that this is the more longstanding one at this point, and then shift their focus because you know that that's a lot of. That's a yeah. lot of deal making all at once. Yep. And so so I, I honestly think if 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 the writer's guild's gonna get their demands, that sag is pretty much like a fuck, now we have to. Mm-hmm. So good. I'm I'm hoping this is done. So yeah. I'll go back to talking about movies that aren't just bottoms because bottoms is mm-hmm. incredible and it was an independent film and you bottoms is the tops. It is. It certainly is. I can't wait to hear your guys' opinions on it. Yeah, that, that, that is what I'm watching tomorrow for sure. Um, oh, and and uh, uh, TikTok Shark Dressman, me and Joe Tapia doing stuff. Mm-hmm. That that that's the other thing I always shout out. I usually start with that one so that I can go on whatever fucking movie rant that I want. 
<laughs> so that I can try to link the episodes a little bit more. Episodes are too short, guys. <laughs> I'm done. So, Zach, what are we watching next week? Oh, uh, next week. Recently announced in a new Criterion collection, The Red Balloon, which you can find on HBO Max until that Criterion comes out. I, I can't wait to watch this one, and then I can't wait to watch the other 1998. The other 98? Uh, Red Red Balloon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got me. He's so proud of himself <laughs> for that one. <laughs> I wasn't dancing over here pretending to play a trombone. Those weren't very specific things to say. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm uh, having a reaction to something. Like, oh, God. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but I hope Trek keeps it in. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I'm. My, I, think my, Zach's, I think Zach's dying from whatever bullshit I'm on this episode. I got like this red splotchiness on my arm. and Oh, good <sighs> splotchy, Dr. Splotchy. Uh, I was muted when I said it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This movie killed me. Dropped a half star. <laughs> yeah, I'll drop it a half star when you die. That, that'll be. Thank you. I'll put that in the review. This killed my friend. Consolidation for Scooter McCoy. Interrupt <laughs> Melody will be, be dropped by half a star. <laughs> uh, let me compose myself now. Hey, we got a bunch of thank yous to do, starting with uh, Trav, our producer. You catch him on our sister podcast, Leveling Up Benjamin Banks. Chad Ramsey for a most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Max and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarRistyPod and on Facebook at the OscarRisty Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps us be seen in the almighty algorithm. Algorithm, please give us the five stars. See, how can you hate opera when you have such a beautiful voice it's obviously meant for the stage oh what a guy five stars so four Jonathan Zach but not Tom King but fuck that guy we would fuck like Tom. to you all to have a damn fine day <laughs> <laughs>